thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Man, oh man, oh man. Welcome to a post-game edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. Typically, I wouldn't do this. I don't have Corey. Corey actually went to the game, so y'all can reach out to him. But, geez, what a fucking game. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mac. I don't even know how to start tonight's post-game reaction off. I mean... This was a tale of two halves for the Cavs, ladies and gentlemen. The team truly used a second-half surge to get over the home. They entered the first half down 13 by the score of 62-75, to but didn't give up even when some of y'all thought they were cooked. I did not forget. Some of y'all thought they were dead in the water, and I'm not letting you live it down. Uh, they were led by the backcourt duo of Donovan Mitchell and Karis Levert, who combined for 82 fucking points. 82 points. Holy shit. Like, I could see, honestly, before the season in a big-time game like this, where Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland might combine for this type of game. But Karis, if you would have told me before this season began that – uh, two players in the same game would score 40-plus points on the Cavaliers. I would not have chosen Carouselberg. I just put out some content on him today. been really, really liking what I've seen out of him uh, over this five-game stretch. And prior to tonight's game, I would have been perfectly happy had he stayed on the current trend that he was, which was piss-poor shooting from two-point range and absolute blistering three-point uh, shooting. And guess what he fucking does? He goes out there and gives you 41 points tonight. Just absolutely phenomenal game out of that guy. And tonight, I get it, you know, (laughs) I, I, I get it. Donovan Mitchell also put up 41. But this game honestly felt like it was truly about Karis Avert coming out party. And we've seen this guy put up big scores before in the past, whether that be with Indiana or with Brooklyn when KD was out. But this just felt different. This this honestly feels like his best stretch to start any season. Just feels that way. And he's with a Cavaliers team where he could potentially be in an ideal role once Darius Garland comes back. And there was a lot of conversation prior to the start of the season. Would he start at the two? Uh, before the Donovan Mitchell trade was announced, would he start at the three when Lowry Markinen vacated the spot? Would it be Isaac Okoro? Would it be Dean Wade, Jetty Osmond, a couple other guys? I don't know. But I think he's put any of that to bed. This guy is, he's just been phenomenal to start this season. And we've seen some good performances across the board, um, you know, tonight. But 
Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert just kind of take the cake tonight. So if you want to look at it stat line by stat line, Donovan Mitchell, who also uh, who also scored 41 points tonight, had four rebounds, three assists, took 26 shots tonight. I mean, somebody's got to take him. 15 to 26, pretty efficient night. Five and nine from three, got to love that. We knew what we were getting in Mitchell when we acquired him. He's a guy who took almost 10 threes a game last season for a Utah Jazz team that needed every bit of that. And he's brought that over in bunches for the Cavs. And with the absence of Larry Marketing, who took over six threes a game, we knew we needed that spacing element. It's the guy who can get to the line, too, when six assists from the free throw line. Uh, did have seven turnovers, but I'm just going to chalk that up to the very high usage rate uh, since DG has been out. And he was a plus 18 on the night. Karis LeVert, again, 41 points, four rebounds, led the team in assists tonight, seven big assists. Just, just can't ask for anything more from this guy. Like, we, we already knew that he was going to have to kind of be like a tertiary facilitator or maybe even, um, you know, a secondary facilitator in lineups where one of Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell would be on the bench. Just been absolutely phenomenal in Darius Garland's absence and picking up some of that slack in regards to the lost playmaking. Uh, 12 of 21 from the field. This is absolutely one of his best nights from two point from inside <laughs> the uh, three point line. 12 of 21 from tonight uh, for tonight. Six of eight from three continues his blistering start from range. And he all by himself at most of the Cavaliers free throws tonight, 11 of 12 from the free throw line in three big steals, three huge steals. Now, one of the things that we constantly heard throughout this off season is uh, the Cavs like Darius, uh, Darius Garland's fit with Karis Levert in the backcourt. And we, we heard about how they liked Levert's length and things of this nature and that nature, you know, Levert has always had the innate ability and the God-given size to be an impactful defender, whether that be, um, you know, clogging up passing lanes and, you know, really playing the passing lanes and garnering steals and things of that nature or making life hard on people with his length. And he's doing that this season. To start out this season, Levert has played some of the most inspired defense that I've ever seen him play. And it's just a beautiful sight for a Cavs team who really lacked that true, like, didn't didn't really have any size in that backcourt for any stretch of the season last year. And they have it this year in Donovan Mitchell who plays above his listed height. And I think he's actually taller than his listed height. So that's a plus right there. And then you got uh, Levert out there who's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he's really just playing both ends of the court very, very well. Was a plus 21 tonight. You look across at the other Cavs in the front court, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, although Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert will get all the praise from tonight's game, those two also had some of their best games of the season so far in this five-game stretch. Both of them had double-doubles. Jared Allen with 12 points and 11 rebounds, two assists, five of nine from the field, two of four from free throw line. I know he missed two – well, he missed a key free throw uh, towards the end that really could have helped out and not had overtime be forced, but it is what it is. He did his job tonight. He actually had the highest plus-minus in the starting lineup tonight with a plus 25. 
And then you look at Evan Mobley, who a lot of people really kind of get pissed off and not really being too patient with this guy in regards to uh, in, in regards to rebounding. Guy had 10 rebounds tonight, something that people have really, really, really been questioning his ability and confidence and just overall want and willingness to go out there and get on those boards. And you kind of did that tonight. Uh, after being what some people consider to be outplayed on that end, or at least in that aspect, uh, by Paolo Banchero. So, you know, 19 and 10 from him tonight, three assists, seven to 12 from the field, very efficient night, one to three from three, uh, four or six from the free throw line, had two blocks, one steal. We know this guy can fill up the stat sheet. That is one of the reasons why they think that he could be one of the top five players, if not the best player in the league one day, if he lives up to his God given talent. Just, absolutely awesome night from everybody across the board. Now there is one person here that we all know I'm going to talk about here in a little bit who did not have such a good night tonight. And it seems to be a recurring thing. I'll get to him in a minute, but shed some light on some other players here. Dean Wade played 39 minutes tonight, only scored four points and six rebounds and grabbed six rebounds. But he was just really, really, really key in regards to defense tonight on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Just tough thing, tough ask of any player to go out there and defend two of the best players in the NBA on any given night. But the fact that JB elected to roll with Dean Wade for 39 minutes kind of tells you everything you need to know. And although he only scored four points, still was a plus 20. They needed everything from him tonight. And when you go on a night when you're getting 82 combined points from your backcourt, you don't need motherfuckers to go out here and give anything more than that and just then, then to defend. So that's just starting five tonight, fucking beautiful. Just beautiful across the board. Excuse my language. <laughs> uh, I'm on cloud nine right now. These, th- this, this Cavs team has put together something special, and this is without Darius Garland. And then you roll to the bench here. You know, Jetty Osmond has been off to this blistering start, averaging over 15-plus points a game. Uh, Tonight didn't fare so well. In his 22 minutes, he only had four points, two rebounds, one assist, went one of six from the field, one of five from three-point range, uh, and was a minus 10. Tough matchup for him. Um, you, you know, the, the the book on Jetty is inconsistency. That's what people are going to chalk this up to. I won't. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, just other guys had it going tonight. Very tough matchup. And these Boston Celtics were, were just in the NBA Finals for a reason. And I'm not going to disrespect them either. Boston was without, just, just like Darius Garland was out for Cleveland, Boston was without the services of Robert Williams, who is, if you watch basketball at all, you know he is a defensive player of the year type of guy, guy that can impact the game in so many ways on the defensive end. So they've been without him. Uh, that's one of their linchpins in regards to defense. They are going to love to get him back when they do, but their loss is Cleveland's gain, right? They're Cleveland's down Darius Garland. That kind of even the even the odds a little bit here. Back to the bench. Kevin Love in 21 minutes put up nine points, five rebounds, went three of seven from the field, two of four from three, one of two from the free throw line, also minus 10. The Boston Celtics are also not a good matchup for Kevin Love. Although Kev has looked a little bit more spry as of late, uh, really to start this season out. He kind of looks like he's uh 
looks healthier than ever. Just just doing a lot more in regards to movement, in regards to rebounding than we've seen him uh, have in past uh, past seasons, including last year. Just looks to be really healthy, really in a good place. But Boston is not necessarily a great matchup for him. They they can line up very well against Kevin Love. And then you get to the eight through the eight and nine spots. How Neto, who he brought in as kind of an insurance policy until Ricky Rubio uh, comes back healthy and can provide you some, you know, cleanup minutes here. Only got seven minutes tonight, only took one shot. Can't really ask for anything more than that just because you know that Donovan Mitchell and Karis Verdes are going to be handling the ball so much. Um, not really mad at Hell Nettle at all. Just just one of those just signings that could potentially pay off later on in the year. Now, the guy that I know that a lot of people are going to be pointing a finger at and a lot of people probably want to hear me talk about, Isaac Okoro. I have been asked repeatedly, Mac, what are your thoughts on Isaac Okoro to start out this season? What are your thoughts on this starting lineup? <sighs> Man, this is a deal. Like, I'm trying to be patient with Isaac Okoro. We, we've only played five games this season. Isaac Okoro is very much a confidence type of player, and he just does not look to have it right now. That and the fact that he just seems to find himself in some very unfortunate, unlucky, just untenable situations in regards to fouling. Like tonight, when you're tonight is just another case in that because I there was a stretch in which he committed back to back fouls uh, in the first half, I believe. I think it was the second quarter. Back to back foul. No, it was actually the first quarter. Back to back fouls on Jason Tatum. Very, very tough dude to defend. I don't really know if anybody can uh, for any stretch of a game. It, I'm not sure it can be done all game. But Isaac tonight, due to that foul trouble, only saw the court for five minutes. That's a new, that's a new low for him. Like I, I, I really do not know what to make of this start. Five minutes, three fouls. Like, I, I don't know if we've seen that type of play out of Isaac. You know, we've we've gotten three years now, well, at least two years and, and five games, and a lot of people are hoping for that fabled third-year breakout, including myself. Again, I'm trying to remain patient with Isaac, but with each passing game, with the other guys stepping up, it's becoming tougher and tougher. And I think what you're seeing right now um, outside of him just committing these fouls and, and not looking confident out there, what makes things even more complicated is you have players like Dean Wade who, and Jetty Osmond who are legitimately stepping up and filling the void that he's kind of leaving out right now. And we know what Jetty Osmond is on defense, but if Jetty's providing you at least enough on the offensive side of the ball to circumvent that, you got to play him. You got to play him 20 plus minutes a night. If Dean Wade is giving you a little of both on, uh, you know, both ends of the floor, you got to play him. And you saw that tonight. He played 39 minutes. JB put Isaac on the bench after those fouls and did not look back. He is opting to play the hot hands right now. It's that simple. This Cavs team is that talented. This Cavs team is that deep. And they're going to keep playing the best players they feel that, that give them the chance to win. And right now, you know, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit up here and say that Isaac Okoro does not fit that role. 
that he's in, but it's becoming tougher and tougher each game to justify it because you are getting those performances off these uh, out of these guys that are have come off the bench before. And let's not mince words here. We haven't even seen Lamar Stevens yet. This continues to happen. We could see more guys pass him in the lineup. It's only a matter of time. Again, this has been five games, so I'm not going to overreact too much. It's just a five-game stretch. It could be the worst five-game stretch of his career. He could just need some time to get his mind right because it, it kind of does seem like it's up here. Uh, but I, I don't know. Time will tell. You know, I'm I'm going to try and reserve my ultimate judgment till we get at least you know quarter through the season, 15, 20 games, something of that nature. But it's it's tough, man. Like I, I want this dude to succeed, on, uh, you know, every time he's out there. But he just kind of seems like he's in his own way sometimes. And I I really don't know what else can be done. Like hoping that when Darius Garland comes back, that that kind of changes and his mindset kind of shifts and he gets more opportunities. Because if there's anybody on this team that knows where to put Isaac in good spots, it's Darius Garland. And, you know, I also can't lie to myself here and say that Isaac Okoro has not had opportunities to complete or convert some shots when he's been open. Every three-point attempt that he has taken, I believe, has probably been uncontested to start the season, similar to last year, because teams are simply not respecting his ability to knock down the three ball. And I don't even know if he respects his own ability to do that. It's in there. He can do it. We have seen it in the past. We saw it in preseason. We saw it in spurts last season. He's just not doing it right now. And so what does that mean? That means other guys are going to play ahead of him. It's as simple as that. That's how I feel on Isaac Okor right now. I'm hoping that he gets out of whatever funk that he's in and he's able to, you know, um, and he's able to figure this shit out, but it's tough, man. It is definitely tough to see a player that you want to succeed go through stretches like this. And, you know, I know some of you guys probably feel, just as I'm reading this comment down here, that Isaac is uh, is not somebody who's capable of being a rotational player right now. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question right now. All I can say is I'm hoping for the best from the guy. But as long as this Cavs team is winning, and they are, they are now uh, four and one. Well, you know, four and one, right? Yeah, four and one on the season. I I can't be all that mad. I, I can't be all that mad. Four and one, Cavs are winning, and I'm respecting the fact that JB has enough gusto to put guys on the bench when they need to be. So respect to him for that. Um, just just feel really, really good about this Cavs team right now. And they're not even fully healthy. Like we are, we're talking about the Darius Garland injury. We haven't even fucking seen Ricky Rubio yet. Just imagine when this motherfucker comes back. Like, I don't know. Just been dope, man. Just just an awesome start to this season. Just makes me want to just makes me even more pissed off at Gary Trent Jr. Like, why the fuck did you have to do that? Why? <laughs> um, I'm I'm really wondering too, like what is the dynamic gonna look like when Garland comes back too? Because you know, obviously you're going to keep Levert within the starting lineup and that trio of Mitchell, DG, and Levert, 
that's just from a passing standpoint, just absolutely beautiful. Like each and every one of these guys can easily average over six assists a game. We just saw Darius, you know, average more than that last season. We know Donovan has been perfectly, is perfectly capable of doing that. Uh, and then Karras is really showing out with the added playmaking responsibilities. So I'm really curious to see what the lineup will actually look like or what the what the style of play with these guys is going to look like once Garland comes back. Hoping he's back for the next game, but I, I don't know. Maybe you guys can tell me. I haven't seen their most recent updates by Fedor. Um, we only really got to see 12 – well, not even 12. We got to see one half of basketball with Darius Garland, Karis LeVert, and Donovan Mitchell all within the starting lineup. So very curious to see that. And then when you look at the backcourt, well, the front court starters, rather, um, and, and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, just been absolutely phenomenal in different aspects. You know, like I said earlier about Evan, want to see those rebounding numbers tick up a little bit, but I'm perfectly fine as long as this dude is giving you any, you know, 16 to 20 points a game. And he's done that over the last couple of nights. Uh, Jared Allen, you know, finishing with multiple double doubles over the stretch, you know, picking up right where he left off before he got injured, man. Like it just makes you think like, why couldn't this motherfucker be healthy when we needed him the most down that stretch run of last season? Like this, this would not have been a play-in team last year had Jared Allen not gotten hurt and he was playing like this. Uh, clearly, he was a shell of himself with that hand injury uh, to close out last season. This season, there's no effects of that. This man is balling right now, looking like he could definitely go back to the All-Star game. Probably won't, uh, but he, he could. You never know. Just very talented Cavaliers team. Like When I say that I have – literally never felt better about a collective roster than this season. That includes the title season because I do believe like obviously the top stars for the 2016 Cavalier team that won the title were above what Cleveland has right now. And Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Jared Allen and company. But as a collective unit, I think there's a case to be made that this team might be more talented from a collective standpoint than the 2016 team, you know, you know, <laughs> don't burn me at the stake for saying that I, you know, I'll, I'll recuse myself, but it, it's, it's worth taking a look at, man. Like just player for player, roster spot for roster spot. And there were some very good, very talented players on that roster during that season, you know, Jefferson, you know, Mont Shumpert, Delhi, uh, J.R., Tristan, you know, guys, role players really who can step up on any given night and, and, and kind of give you what you need. And this Cavaliers team just kind of feels that way too. Obviously, just the fifth game of the season. So we, we can't sit up here and act like this is the playoffs, but it did feel like a playoff atmosphere. I know I'm not the only one who feels that. I know I'm not the only one that feels like this was a postseason game. Yes, TK, the East does run through Cleveland, runs through Cleveland. I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, still got a lot of tough opponents to get through to get there and to start calling those type of shots. You know, the Milwaukee's of the world, 
uh, Boston in a seven-game series. As much as I said, this is a playoff atmosphere. Can you guys imagine an Eastern Conference Finals with the Boston Celtics at full strength and the Cleveland Cavaliers at full strength? Just imagine that shit. Just awesome. And, and I do feel that this team could, you know, host some games. I believe it. Y'all know me. I'm an eternal optimist. Got my Evan Mobley jersey on right now. I cannot wait. I can't wait. So many storylines through this season that will need to be determined. What are you going to do with Karis LeVert if he continues this pace of play? Like we saw the contract stalemate that Colin Sexton and Cleveland came to uh, before being shipped out of town. If Karis LeVert keeps up this play, what the fuck do you do? How much money do you pay him? Jetty Osman is in a contract season. If he keeps up his stellar start to the year, what do you do with him? What's going on with Isaac Okoro? Just so many questions. So many question marks. I'm very curious to see how and what and when these things are answered. But at the end of the day, we take things one game at a time. Cavs win. I want y'all to go out there and have a good night. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to me overreact, underreact, whatever. Make sure that you like, subscribe, share, whatever to this channel. I appreciate y'all. Go Cavs and have a good night.